When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is David. My name is Ben. Welcome everyone and thanks in particular Ben for stepping in for Seb. Seb is now is still cursed with the internet gremlins, um, which always happens when you move house. It's all meant to, it's meant to go smoothly and broadband providers meant to say, here you go, there's your new internet and uh, weeks go by and nothing happens. So fingers crossed for Seb next week, but thanks a lot for joining us, Ben. And welcome back, David, as well. Um, so we've got lots, lots to chat about. David, what's coming up in the show? Yeah, so we're going to fall, uh, consider the fallout from game week 27 and what to do with our premium picks. Yes, Mohamed Salah, we're looking at you. And we've brought in an Everton fan to be exceptionally objective on the subject, which is going to be fun. Um, obviously, we've got to talk about um, game week 28 coming up. Um, you know, captaincy is a little bit wide open this week. So we're going to try and work out who we're overlooking there. Maybe who we're giving too much attention to and just try and work out <laughs> who to be captain this week. It's a complete mess. Um, game week 29, obviously, is a big backdrop to all of this as well, um, because, you know, we've only got eight teams playing in that game week. We've only got a limited number of free transfers to go before um, we can set up for that. Um, we're going to consider how much we, how much of a part that should play in the transfer decisions that, that we make this week. Um, and obviously, chips play into that a little bit as well, I think. Um, and then, of course, um, the fixtures beyond that as well, as we head towards the, the season running. But uh, I believe we're going to have, we're going to start with how we got on in game week 27. Yes. Uh, at the, I say halfway stage, but it isn't really, is Three it? Three quarter we, stage. Yeah, well, sort of like 90% more than anything else. It's basically just can the City players actually turn earn up. their keep, I suppose. I, I, I'm at the stage with City, if they turn up, I'm a happy man. Um, so, uh, well, I'll go, I'll go first. Uh, I've got 54 points so far, or whoop-de-doo. Um, it's actually a green arrow so far. Um, still over the 300k mark, um, but, you know. Onwards and upwards. I did a simple change. Uh, Loughton to Conser, um, moving off Burnley defence, moving on to Villa. Um, absolutely sick of being a non-Martinez owner and watching him massive hauls every week. And uh, tried to mitigate that by getting Conser. And Conser almost doubled, trebled Martinez this week. Um, could have could have had two goals. That would have been amazing if Conser had got me two goals and a clean sheet. But, you know, I'm very happy with my six points for Conser. Um... um Looking at the the what I've got left, um, I've, I've potentially got Stones left. I've potentially got my captain Gundogan left, and I've potentially got Edison back. Um, out of all of them, I feel very confident on Edison, and I'll just take what I can from from Gundogan. And I'm not sure if Stones is even going to play. My my hope this week is that Edison is finally on penalties for Man City, and if that happens, he takes it and scores it then I have considered myself to have won FPL. Of course, Ben has indeed won FPL, the real FPL, not the Edison scoring a penalty FPL that's in my head. Um, so put you up next, Ben. Um, now you've got uh, Martinez in goal, Cancelo, Pereira, Luca Dean, Rafinha, 
Gundogan, Fernandes, De Bruyne as your captain, Mount, Mason Mount, Calvert-Lewin and Kane uh, with Alonso uh, on your bench. And you've got 50 points. So you're doing it. You're doing okay. Um, probably green yeah, arrow-ish. Red, red arrow at the moment. Oh. Um, it, it sort of feels like I didn't do too bad with, although they're quite highly owned, but Martinez, Fernandes and more importantly mm. Kane as that kind of trio. I thought that might be enough for at least a small green arrow. Um, but I think the, the I switched late on Dean to start over yeah. Alonso mm. um, just because I was worried Alonso wouldn't start. But it's a bit silly, really, because if Alonso doesn't start, he probably doesn't play. Yeah. And so um, it, he was more more chance of getting points. If anything, I'm just happy he didn't get that assist, really, because it could have been I saw, I saw quite a, a, lot, few with, a lot harder to take. I saw quite a few with Rudiger um, playing, or rather he didn't play, so it was a rare benching for him. And then... Uh, a few people got Luke Shaw off, who they benched off. So, yeah. so yeah, that could be that that could be the play there for Chelsea defenders. It's just play them and hope for the best. And if they don't, have a good first sub. I think my game week all now comes down to De Bruyne. As yeah. um, I'm hoping he's still on penalties as opposed to Edison mm. comes up the pitch if they do get one. Um, but yeah, he's he's a bit of a differential there. And as mm. captain, he he could easily score me big, shoot yeah. me off a bit. Um, but at the same time, he could easily be benched because he's started the last three. So it won't be surprising if he's on the bench against Southampton. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, you know, we've got fingers crossed, really, with City players. Will they turn up? Will they get us more points? Um, but yeah, so we, we're sort of much for muchness and both both had Kane. I think Kane's been the big difference this week. A, a poorer game week without Kane. With Kane, OK. If you can, if you can get, you know... Some, maybe a Luke Shaw or something, then you can you can really boost boost it up. So um onwards and upwards. So um David, let's put your team up. You got you just below that, forty two. Um so caneless, um but still not bad with forty two with that. And there he is, Luke Shaw, as I was saying, unless you've got Kane or Shaw. And if you've got both or one, you're okay. Um so you've got Cancelo, uh Pope, Dallas, Shaw, the hero there, Sterling, Fernandez um, Gundogan as your captain Salah Bamford Calvert-Lewin Watkins all the twos up front um, oh my target Villa Villa defender What? A, yeah it's quite a bench actually you've got Ariola, yeah. Target and Maguire um, so it could have been even more um, so I suppose it's sort of mixed feelings about this week so far oh yeah hugely and the thing is I've said before that the way the season's gone um, it's, it's a little bit like water torture because before that Spurs game, I was I was like high as a kite because I I started mm. sure on a bit of a hedge. You know, I was kind of thinking there is a mm. chance that United can keep a clean sheet here. Yeah. You know, just another no, no. I put him in for a six pointer, thinking I, I I think you know Wolves probably should have scored against Aston Villa, but of course you know Martinez obviously stepped up again. I I, I basically I pay mortgage on the uh, in target bench club these yeah. days. Um, he's always on my bench. He's always delivering. I, I, it's him and Dallas. I always get the wrong way around, but it was nice to get that little bit extra mm. from Shaw. So I was on a nice green arrow, especially keeping Fernandez as well. Um, in in a, in a poor game week where hardly anyone had delivered, to have those two massive boosts. But then Kane came along and just absolutely trounced the whole thing. So as things stand, I'm on a red arrow. It's 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 not small, uh, it, but it's not significant either. According to Live FPL, it's a change of minus seventeen percent. Mm. But of course, I've still got my captain to come again, which is Gundogan, and I'm kind of protected there because he's, you know, the more popular of all the captains for that particular fixture. Um, Cancelo, uh, you know, you never know Maybe. what you're going to get from feast or famine, I suppose. So then Sterling is the one I'm really relying on to do something that that 
can help give me some kind of green arrow, which obviously is, is a bit annoying because I haven't, I haven't captained him mm-hmm. and I don't trust him either. So he, we'll see what happens with him. His stats have been good. He just hasn't been delivering yeah. on them. And he was very unlucky in the first uh, in the in the Wolves game, I think it was, not to get something. So, yeah, as you said, we'll see if he turns up. The only other thing that's really bothering me is my late decision to bench Ariola. I was actually going to – I was starting uh-huh. him until about an hour mm-hmm. before deadline. And I've, I've done this a number of times recently where I – I'd make my decisions on the Friday or the day before the deadline and then I'd sit down for like an extra half an hour and I just start to panic and I start to tinker in ways that that doesn't pay off. Now, actually, sure, starting was one of those decisions. So mm. finally, something paid off. But I feel really silly. I feel really silly having not started Ariola just because I've, I've been singing his praises on the captaincy videos last mm. few weeks, obviously talking about his XG prevented and how good Fulham's defence has become. And I just, in, I know hindsight is a wonderful thing, but I don't know how I thought that um, the, um, Arsenal were less likely to score than Liverpool based on recent form. I, I should have I should have just made it as simple as that. Um, but the thing is, when you have Pope, it is hard to bench him too. So well, I can't wait till I can wild card and just have yeah. one goalkeeper yeah. I want to start. So it's, he's there because of the bench boost from last week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to wild carding too. It's, I think it's inevitable at the moment that our benches will be slightly stronger. Um, you know, with the double game weeks and the blanks, we you know have to use our full squad. So we're going to see a number of these defensive. Uh, move. So, I mean, so for example, this week, yeah, I fell foul of it as well. I benched Kufau over Dallas. So I got my Dallas one point and I had to look at Kufau's points on my bench. And and almost every team I've seen has had some form of bench points, usually with Defender, because our defences are getting better. Luckily, I've got uh, Mitchell still from Palace. Um, so um, if you don't want any bench points, Mitchell's your man, because he's never placed. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, yeah, although I've got a Alonso first up it's kind of only really one strong sub but because a wild card and mm. two game weeks ago yeah. I was quite happy to get rid of my strong bench that yeah. I'd had since a bench boost yeah. in game week 19 and Pope for me as well I, I played him a few times mm. over Martinez and just got burned a number yeah. of times <laughs> and it's like I've got this expensive keeper I can't bench him and then um, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was happy just to simplify it all. Yeah. Just have one strong sub and uh, keep it simple. Yeah, it's why I hate the bench boost because it just it, it alters your, your judgment a bit. And I, whenever I wildcard, I hope that Fraser Foster's still have, Fraser Foster's still around, so I can get um, you know the four point zero keeper that I can bench um, and then uh, and play in a bench boost, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like any of these chips at the moment. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it's, it's just good that the way it's worked out for a lot of people is they can bench boost then wild card. Yeah, because we all, we're all moaning about these benches, and we would have had these problems after our wild card mm. uh, if if the the big massive double game yeah. was after you know the obvious turning fixtures. So at least we can take solace in that. I think. Well, I can't because I've still got my bench boost to play. Oh, well, some of us then. <laughs> and a wild card as well. So I'm hoping. I don't know. I'm just going to make my decisions based on. You know the remaining game weeks of my wild card, and if I can bench boost at some point, I will. But I eliminate it. Um, right, let's move on to our topics. So, first one's uh, mainly about this guy. Um, so what I've got, it's got some stats. It's Mo Salah for those listening on the podcast. That's who this guy is. Um, he's looking really sad, and that's what his owners look like at the moment. And in fact, the most transferred out player this week, and the stats I've got up on the screen are the team attack last six matches because it's partly Salah but it's also Liverpool they're just not um, they're not the team they once were um, and we can see in terms of expected goals you know they're still up there in terms of one, two, three, four, five, six. It's still the seventh best so they're still in the top half but they, you know these are the former champions meanwhile they've scored just four goals so they're drastically underperforming the expected goals over the last six matches is eight 
Um, and they've just scored those four. So they're in Brighton territory, as in the XG champions. Uh, Brighton, with 10, ex- expected to have scored 10 goals, more than 10 goals, scored just four. Meanwhile, you've got the likes of City, expected to score 10. They're firing in 13. Uh, West Ham, um, expected to score just under 10, scored 11. Tottenham, just expected to score just over nine goals, have actually scored 12 goals. This is over the last six weeks. So we can see there's a malaise across Liverpool. So lots of people are thinking of a Salah exit and perhaps bail entry um, as, a, as, a, as an alternative there. Um, so Mo Salah's blanked in his last four matches and he last earned a double-digit haul, which is what you want for your captain, um, at game week 21. Uh, he's 12.5 million. He blanks in game week 29. He's the most expensive player in the, in the game. It's no wonder he is the most transferred out player this week. Meanwhile, Son, Abamian. Gareth Bale are all delivering for their owners and featuring in game week 29. So no blank for them. Also, those who transferred Fernandes out in 27 may well be looking to get him back in soon, even though he blanks in 29. Um, So we had some questions from the community about sort of this Salah out move and who do we replace him with if we want to go down that route of removing him from our teams. Um, Adash uh, says, is it still valid to triple up on the Spurs attack? For those with Son and Kane at the expense of Salah. So he's thinking of getting uh, Bale in there. Uh, Jules uh, wonders whether to get in Bale or Son. Um, and Jason sister says, is it time to sell Salah due to Liverpool's drop in forms? So, um, Ben, possibly your favourite subject, discussing how rubbish Liverpool are. Um, what do you think of Liverpool? Because you, you famously won FPL with not having any Liverpool players. So are you, you happy to have no Liverpool at the moment? Yeah, um, <laughs> delighted to. I, I'm, I'm still getting the... My last two arrows have been red, though, unfortunately, ah. whereas it feels like I should this, this should be my peak moment these last 10 game weeks as Liverpool has sort of fallen away a bit, but somehow it's not worked out like that. But, um, yeah, I think Salah's a bit of a tricky one for, for people with him because he, he has... People have sold him in the past and regretted it badly because he he is always one game week away from fifteen points sort of thing. Um, um, it, it is kind of once you've got it, it's easier not to have him and just mm. think oh, I don't need to buy him then. Whereas once you once you've got him, you are worried about the haul that might yeah. be around the corner. So I, I think with with Salah, it's a little. It, it depends what you're going to do with the money because if De Bruyne or Sterling were firing, it would be an easy switch. People are obviously thinking it a bit with Bale at the moment that that's a possibility, albeit his minutes might still be a bit managed. Um, but I think you can kind of afford Kane, Fernandez, and Salah yeah. and still have a decent rest of the team. So it, it, it maybe depends if you're free hitting next week or not. Mm. If not, then it's a good time to just sell him for probably a Tottenham asset. Yeah. Um, as one of the questions was to triple up. That, that, that sort of then becomes an option with the the game week 29 in mind but um yeah i i, yeah. I think it, if if you've got the free hit in 29 i would probably advise keeping him unless you really needed the money for something it's almost it is like you're right with salary it is psychological because we because our experience is oh he's got bournemouth away i'm going to get rid of him or he's got palace away oh he's being benched anyway um, I'll get rid of him, but it's you know, and then he comes in with a with a huge haul, and, and he's massively captain still. But I wonder if he will be massively captain this time around. Um, for me, I have my wild card still to play, 
So I feel confident I could get rid of Salah, and especially because he's not playing 29, because I know I can get him back in. I don't need... Well, I, I may have to commit sur- surgery to my team, but I've got a wild card in order to do it. But if I didn't have my wild card, psychologically, I would... If I was getting rid of Salah, that would be it. I'd be like you, Ben. I would just say, right, I'm just not going there. <laughs> um, David, what do you think? Removing Salah? And if so, who for? Yeah, I think... Well, I think you've... Uh... The second part of that question is is the dilemma, isn't it? Is who for? Um, because, yeah, we, we, Spurs, I think it makes sense from a fixture perspective. Um, but long term, then it starts to become a little bit more tricky. Um, just simply because, I mean, Liverpool's fixtures between now and the end of the season are really nice. Now, in the, in the immediate short term, they're not incredible because obviously they're going to miss that particular game. A lot of people look at the Wolves game and think it's kind of challenging. I'll come back to that in a sec because I actually think there's probably more opportunity for a result there than perhaps maybe people think. But, um, you know, from game week 30 onwards, the fixtures are Arsenal away, Villa at home, Leeds away. So you're thinking, you know, if goals are going to come, Leeds away is a good time for it to come. Home against Newcastle, exactly the same story. Man United in 34, yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. That's probably going to be a tough game. But then Southampton at home, West Brom away, Burnley away, Palace at home. Those last four, especially, are really, really tasty. Um, now, by that point, you know what's Liverpool's focus going to be? We're not sure yet. But the fixtures themselves warrant holding someone. So maybe it's Jota. But at this point in time, we haven't seen enough from him being back for us to really say, okay, Jota is how I'll cover those Liverpool fixtures. It would be nice if he could turn up. And if he does turn up, it solves the problem. You know, very easily. At the moment, you're probably going to be looking at a Spurs asset, and I've just been con- sort of like comparing some of the numbers mm. on some of these players um, from a sort of raw perspective. I know you, in a second, Joe, I think you'll talk about expected goals. Yes. But, um, with uh, Salah compared to Bale, in the last four matches, they've actually had the same number of shots in the box, um, Salah and Bale. Um, they've had the same number of big chances, so six shots in the box, three big chances each. Now, of course, Bale is playing slightly fewer minutes, so that does, you know. Um, is slightly in in um, in his favour in terms of a per ninety perspective, but you could also turn around and say, well, the fewer minutes, you know, means that he's less likely to well, he's less likely to play a full game and therefore less likely to get returns. You can look at it both ways, I think, on the minutes thing. The difference between the two players is that whilst they're having the same number of shots in the box, same number of big chances over that period, um, Bale's more accurate. So he said five shots on target, Salah just three. Um, the accuracy rate for Bale is fifty percent. Salah's is thirty-seven point five. And then the big one, the big one, which I think is sometimes a, a it's a it's a secondary metric that is a really good way of assessing shots on target because we talked about Werner a little bit uh, uh, this this morning on the captain's video about goal conversion compared to shot on target. Salah's obviously is zero percent and Bale's is forty percent. So right now, you know, they're they're both persistently shooting in the right places with the right chances, but you can clearly see that Bale's got the goal scoring edge there. Yeah. Um. So you know, I that that switch feels relatively simple to me um if you're worried about the minutes and you're thinking about son i think people have to understand what type of asset they're bringing in rather than just be like oh well goals surely will come from son because actually salah actually outperformed son mm. for goal threat yeah. in the last four matches so as i already said six shots in the box three big chances and three on target for salah uh, son's had three shots in the box one big chance two shots on target he really is not a goal threat right now especially not in comparison to salah but that doesn't mean he's a bad asset because his assist potential is really nice. He's had 14 chances created, um, which uh, I believe is uh, yeah, it's the second best in, in the league. It's the same number as uh, De Bruyne, 
Um, whenever anyone's the same level as De Bruyne, it shows that, you know, they must know what they're doing. Uh, but the key really with Son is the, the quality of the chances he created because in that same period, he's created six big chances. That's the best in the league. De Bruyne has created just uh, two big chances. Mm-hmm. So Son is a good asset, but you're you're at the moment looking to him really as, as an assist man, which is no bad thing. It's just worth understanding, I suppose, what you're, 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 what you're buying before you buy it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's um, you know, difference of opinion around Salah even in the live chat as we're, as we're, as we're talking um, so Joel Bird in the chat is saying that he's sold Salah already for Jota uh, meanwhile uh, Vish is saying I'm going to keep Salah versus Wolves if he fails to return I'm going to get Bale in at 29 so um, preaching a bit of patience there um, but he's quite happy to move him on especially 29 is quite easy because Salah's not playing then um, uh, JJ Lag and um, no, J77 lag is saying Salah hasn't had a penalty for a few weeks. He's due one. And that is always the fear with Salah. Um, so one of the things I was looking at um, is alternatives to Salah. And I noticed that over the last four matches, over their last four matches, there are 33 players who've had more shots on target than Salah. So that there's 33 more accurate sharp shooters than Salah. Um, and there are 21 players that have a higher expected goal involvement than Salah. And that includes Son because of his creativity. Um, so over the last four matches, I've got um, a pick of the... These are the best midfielders. So uh, Salah's not on this list because, as I'm saying, he's so far down. Um, you know, I, it would be possible for people to read. It, the writing would be too small. So I've just put the top ones here. These are, uh, over the last four matches, best midfielders expect who have been expected to have been involved in at least two goals. And of course, many of them have indeed scored at least twice. Um, so top of that list is Aubameyang. His expected goal involvement has been three. Shots on target, four. And he's created a couple of chances. Rafina just under three. Um, and he's created 15 chances. So he's the assist guy. Then there's Bale. And David's already mentioned Bale's stats there. So Bale is the third best midfielder to get in. Aubameyang is the top. So it's Aubameyang or Bale. That if I was to sell Salah this week, it's Aubameyang, it's Aubameyang v Bale. It's these guys who would be duking it out. And they're, of course, duking it out in real life in the North London derby. Um, so that's another factor to get him in because you never know the North London derby. Others to consider. Lingard, who is not playing in game week 28 uh, because he is on loan from Manchester United to West Ham. But he is playing game week 29. So he's one one to consider. Um, perhaps not for this week, but one to consider for 29. Pepe at Arsenal was expected to have goal involvement. Nearly three goals expected to be involved in. Um Traore at Villa, if you're looking for a Villa midfielder. Um, then there's Pascal Gross at, at XG Champions Brighton. I'm not sure I would go there. And then Son with his 14 chances created in those last four. And then you're looking at Bruno Fernandes, still trucking along there with his shots on target and chances created. Mares, Sterling, will they start? If, I, if someone could tell me they were going to start each week, I'll just get them in because they're great. <laughs> and then Trossard at XG Champions Brighton again. Um, so there are Brighton assets if you if you're really maverick uh, for game week twenty nine to bring in, but for game week for for for, for now I think I think it's Abamyang or Bale for me personally I don't know them but yeah just for, I think, but, yeah. so I was just going to say one one of the other things I think is timing here as well because um, you know I like I said the Wolves game I think. There could be something for mm. for Liverpool in this game. Um, when whenever you sell someone, it's not necessarily always about 
how well other players are doing. Transfers are precious, right? So if you want to roll transfers for 29, um, it's easier. I think it's easier to sell Salah in 29 than it is to sell him in 28 because Salah actually has a fixture. And the Wolves game, as I said, I think they can get something here just, just simply because last four matches, Wolves are in the bottom four for XGC. Yeah. You know, they, they are looking like a team that can concede. They should have conceded 7.36 goals. They've only conceded five. So they should have conceded 2.36 more goals than they have. You know, you'd argue, you'd argue that Liverpool should have scored more goals than they have. Sometimes when those two mm. team, those types of teams meet on the pitch, it ends up in goals in that goals for that team that should have been scoring. So, I so I actually think holding him for one more week and then selling him, yeah. then selling him for Bale and Aubameyang because Arsenal and Spurs' defense look better right now than Wolves' defense yeah. statistically. So the chances of a nil-nil in the North London derby based on recent form possibly more likely than it being a nil-nil Wolves versus Liverpool, which I know is probably going to be yeah. a massive, that's going to annoy people because people think that Wolves and Liverpool can't get goals. But both their defences suck. So someone's got to put something in the back of the net in that game and it could be Salah. So, Definitely. yeah, I think it's worth just thinking about the timing of, of, of Liverpool's fixtures as well. Um, they got a big win against them earlier in the season mm-hmm. as well. I think may, maybe it was like at the start of the Liverpool decline a bit as well. It wasn't even like right right at the start of the season. And um, they, they maybe scored four past them or something. Um, so I mean, it, it might be a team that they kind of just favour from that yeah. point of view. Yeah, I mean, this is this decision, like me, myself, and so many other Salah owners have is is I'm, I'm fairly. I, I mean, I pretty much know that in game week twenty nine, I will not have Salah in my team, and I will have one of Aubameyang or Bale because I already own Kane and Son. Um, but it's the question of do I do that move in 28 or just leave it? And if in doubt, do now. And that's that's often the way. So it's highly likely I'll do nothing. <laughs> but it's a very, very tempting, very tempting move. Um, in, a, in, a, in a bit, Ben's going to uh, take us through a bit of a discussion about game week 28, which is the forgotten game week with all these blank and double game weeks going on. This is the game week right in front of us but before that we'll just look at a few more assets for game week 29 david so we talked about a lot of premium assets but of course there's lots here so i've got while well, you're um uh have got some community questions on this but um i put up i put up the game week 29 fixtures in our, from our season ticker i've done them in uh, overall difficulty and it shows that brighton uh, <laughs> have got the easiest fixture and arsenal got the toughest against west ham and meanwhile, I've also filtered them in terms of attacking. So just because what you can do with the season ticker in Fantasy Football Scout members area, you can sort by defence or attack. And in terms of attack, it's Leeds, Fulham, Brighton and Tottenham are the teams we should be targeting according to that. So, yes, David, we've had some questions about 29 assets. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. 29 is obviously the big backdrop to 28 that it's probably going to influence more decisions than 28 itself. So um, Kane and Bale obviously are part of that crop of players. Bamiyang are as well. But we do have some other teams that have decent fixtures, uh, definitely in 29, maybe in 28. Which ones should we be looking at? Uh, should we be looking at? Helen says, who are the best assets for game with 29 outside of Spurs and Martinez, who I already own? Fulham, perhaps, who obviously play Leeds or mm-hmm. Arsenal. Um, Militant says what are your thoughts on Aubameyang as a premium differential or is he risky given the Gunners Europa League involvement and Mihir says are Brighton attackers like Mopé or Trossard good differentials for 29 Uh, and also I mean I'm going to throw my own community question in here as well is uh, what about Brighton defenders you know Mm. are there any of those worth thinking about of course with Newcastle being very much short basically all their best attackers so um, yeah let's come to you first uh, Ben on um, yeah 
best assets for 29 outside of uh, Spurs and Martinez, who, who are your favoured choices at the moment? Well, I've got a free hit, so I can luckily have pretty much whoever I want in that, given the price of the players as well. So I did scribble down a few um, before. You, you mentioned in the Brighton defence there. I would be very tempted, given how bad Newcastle are at attacking at the best of times and the injuries that they've currently got to their attackers. Um, I would be tempted to triple up on the Brighton defence with Sanchez, Veltman and Dunk. As a, Obviously, this isn't locked in, but just uh, we'll, we'll see how they get on against Southampton. But um, it, it's hard to see Newcastle scoring. Um, midfielders, I think Lingard, surprisingly, wouldn't have thought this ever. Um, it w- was like the first midfielder that I jotted down. Um, Obama Yang, Bale, Rafinha, Luckman, um, those sorts of players. Luckman to a little lesser extent, although he's playing Leeds and they're open. I've owned him a bit this season and been kind of a bit disappointed by him. Although he's playing well, it, I want fancy points, not just sort of nice play. Um, and Fulham don't really look like scoring too many. So maybe not so much him. And then Kane as an obvious one, um, Bale, Son. And I would probably even return to Bamford, maybe um, Bamford, Antonio was uh, another forward to go for. But it's kind of quite, if, if you're on free hit, I think you are looking at a pool of, I mean, maybe it's like it for a lot of free hit weeks, but a pool of only 15, 16 kind of players, especially if you're going to target one defence like Brighton, um, or you might target, I don't know, none, none of the other defences I don't think you will target um, as, as to go for th- two or three from. But it kind of takes up quite a few players just in that. So yeah, I think for free hitters, they'll all be quite, quite similar it's people who've been steadily building for a few weeks who might have the odd unusual player but that can work out for you um it did for me in blank game week 18 where a lot of people free hit and i had a really good game week then and didn't because i had sort of slightly more unusual players coming in whereas everyone had the kind of template free hit team for that week and it didn't do that well and these other players did so It'll be interesting to see whether that works, but it, it, it it's a bit of an uninspiring game week. I think everyone will be looking at the Tottenham assets, whether it is triple up on the attack, um, albeit it wouldn't be surprising if Martinez outscores all of them combined and gets 12 points or something, and you're just there. Everyone kind of took him out for this week, and you're just like, why did I do that? How many times do you have to get burned by the same guy? Um so, yeah, I, I think it's just quite a uh, 15 to 16 players really to look at. Yeah, I've got to agree. It's a really uninspiring game week. I, I really don't like using, funny enough, I don't really like using my free hit in this in this game week for kind of some of the reasons that you mentioned there, just personally, because when I use my free hit, I don't want to be picking from a limited pool of players because, in a way, um, you potentially you end up in a scenario where if everyone does the same thing, then maybe it gets you nowhere. Now, actually, I reckon this year, the free hit in this game week will probably do better than usual because actually most people have already, I don't want to say wasted it, but game game week 18 wasn't exactly a fun game week for many people. We played the free hit, so it's already been spent. So it probably will have an impact in this particular game week, but I'm I'm looking at one of the ones beyond it just to go for that large pool of players. But bringing that back to transfer decisions, it, it, to me, I, I'm, I don't really want to be making... Uh, 20, <laughs> I don't really want to sit here for 28 and start signing Brighton attackers and 
and, and, and Brighton defenders and, and Fulham players for some of the reasons you mentioned there. The one that I do actually have an eye on, to be honest, who, who I might, is uh, is Joel Veltman, just because um, he looks like he could possibly offer something at both ends of the pitch. Um, I mean, we all know that Brighton's XGC is quite good. Second best in the last four. Whether or not that leads to a clean sheet anytime soon, we'll see. But as you say, Newcastle, surely then. Um, but with, uh, with Veltman... Um, his stats for that period are really good. He's cr- he's created four chances. Two of them have been big chances. He's had seven shots in the box. Two of those have been big chances of his own. He's had four shots on target, which basically all amounts to the fact that in the last four matches of all defenders who are fit, because uh, Justin is top, but that's for his last four matches, Veltman is top for expected goal involvement um, among all defenders. So at 4.3, um, you know, he kind of feels like a no-brainer for 29, but whether or not I bring him in for 28, when they're playing Southampton and I don't trust them, that's another story. Um, I think the free hitters are going to feel a lot more excited about those 29 teams than the rest of us, right? What do you think, Joe? Yeah, well, I mean, my sensible play is to save the transfer 28, go into 29, take a hit, and I can take three transfers then. Um, the players I've got my eye on are uh, a better defender than Mitchell <laughs> from Palace. Um, move Salah for either a Bamiang or Bale and move Calvert-Lewin to Antonio or Major at Fulham. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. I don't think I've pronounced him at all yet on the uh, scout card. So first time to get it wrong. Um, but uh, So what I've done is I've, I've got um, for my Game Week 29 um, assets table. So what I've got here is I've got a list of players that I had a look in the, the members area. Last four matches, most big chances... And this is so. This is why Callum Wilson's there. Last four matches they have played. So he, you know, just in case he returns from injury, to consider only players with a game a fixture in twenty nine. I've included. So um, as I said, these are some that may return from injury, and these are the most big chances. And it also has to look at their expected goal involvement. And it, Kane is absolutely top. Kane is the must. <laughs> Kane is the guy to captain. He is the one to have. Um, Wilson at Newcastle. If he is returned. <laughs> That's gonna that's gonna be interesting. Um, Abamyang is third, so Abamyang by default is possibly the second one. So he's the one I'm perhaps gonna target over Bale. Um, Lingard there, three big chances. Um, and Ben mentioned about Bamford. Yes, three big chances there. Expected goal involvement, uh, one and a half, uh, one and a half goals. How is a half goal? But it's, it's just under two goals. Let's put it that way. He should have been involved in. Uh, then there's Bale, Pepe, Traore we mentioned. Cooper at Leeds. <laughs> Big chances. He's had three. Um, Antonio is still there. He expected goal involvement of three. He's had three big chances. So he's sort of, sort of what he should be doing with the stats. Um, we've got Balbuena there. As, as I said, these are these are sort of, um, you know, if, if their last four matches and if they're available. Um, it's Veltman. Now, David, you mentioned Veltman there. He's 4.3. And um, Ben also mentioned him in terms of perhaps tripling up on the on the Brighton defence. Yes, yes, yes. Lamptey's out for the season as well. Yeah, Lamptey's out for the season. Veltman, um, I think it was uh, I think it was Zofar from um, FPLY was asking me about Brighton defenders because um, he couldn't afford dunk at that time. And I was saying Veltman, yes, but but be wary of Lamptey coming back. Now Lamptey is not out; is is out for the season. So Veltman is the guy I would go for, definitely. I think I think um, at least a Veltman Sanchez Veltman Dunk double up would be quite shrewd. 
So it may be one of it may be Veltman that I bring in. I don't money wise. I probably I could do more, but you know I I think he's actually quite a strong asset uh, for a clean sheet and possibly um, attacking returns. And then there's the Fulham striker Major, um, five point five. So if I don't go for Antonio, I mean I can't see any reason why not to go for Antonio. But as an alternative, or if you've already got Antonio and you're looking to get another striker and you can only afford five and a half million or so. Um, Fulham are great. So, I mean, looking at that fixture difficulty, again, according to our season ticker, it's the Leeds-Fulham game that's going to be goal-tastic. So, your Bamford's, Dallas, Rafina, um, Major, I mean, these are these are the, these attacking assets for that game could be quite shrewd. Meanwhile, for the Brighton-Newcastle game, start thinking a bit more defensively. Dubravka even could be quite a good asset. So, um, and just my final... Final little table I've got is my trusty old goals imminent table. So this is everyone, so 28, 29, whenever they're going to... These are, these are, It doesn't include... It includes those who haven't got a blank as well. Um, and this shows that, once again, you know, Sterling, De Bruyne are due. Bamford is due. Watkins is due. Um, so if you've got Watkins, don't don't get him out. I mean, Watkins... Um, you know, is is um, is had is is had not having the big chance. I was going to say, but he's having the goal attempts. So he's got to turn those goal attempts into very good goal attempts. Um, meanwhile, Trossard um, at Brighton is that's the that's the cheeky maverick differential pick there. Um, but Pepe at Arsenal, another differential. Um, so there's a few options, a few options. But um, yeah, and I think going back to that other the other um, table I put up. With Kane at the top, these are the guys you'd be targeting, and it sounds like from Ben with his free hit, these are indeed the players he's targeting, and and that David's mentioning as well. Um, but um, we're perhaps forgetting game week twenty eight. Um, so yeah, Ben. Um, now your I was your team's great <laughs> for game week twenty eight, and mine and David's is less less good, and so we we probably perhaps need to get some better players in for game week twenty eight. But we'll, you know, game week twenty nine, game week twenty nine. So. Um, yeah, we've had uh, we had some community questions, but I think I've just put one in here because it's just summed up all of them. But um, yeah, Ben, um, if you take us through the discussion about game week twenty eight. Yeah, so when I wild carded a couple of weeks ago, um, the big double game week, then I obviously had more than a little more than just that game week in mind, and so Everton and Chelsea were two teams that I sort of had targeted to some extent, um, and it it's kind of set up now quite nicely for game week 28 and with the, the kind of fixtures and a bit of form in there. So from Everton, um, I was quite happy that they have some options at the moment. Cause I obviously always prefer to have some in, um, Luca Dean as a tried and tested a little bit, you never quite know what you're going to get, but, um, you could get something very good from him. And his, his scores maybe recently or in the whole of this season have actually been a little muted. Um, there's only one double figure score that he got and that was at the start of the season. He does have the minor score in there, um, of course, but he's not scored this season. And so he's maybe sort of due due to get one before the end. And with eight assists, then he, he always looks good going forward. And with not just game week 28 in mind if you are free hitting in game week 29 then you can obviously forget that he blanks in that um and everton then have a run of burnley in 28 palace in 30 brighton in 31 so from an everton clean sheet point of view 
Dean looks pretty good. There's a chance of one, two or three clean sheets in those fixtures. And obviously he's got the attacking potential from corners, free kicks and just, just crosses in open play. So there's potentially a hole there in there for him. Um, and then I think the the only other Everton players I would really consider are DCL to a lesser extent than normal. Like I, I wouldn't buy DCL now, but he's also not really a sell when he's got Burnley at home. I think you, you've got to leave him in for that. Um, but I think the, the better buy would be Richarlison, given the form that he's on. Um, he definitely looks sharper since since he got that goal against Tottenham in the FA Cup. He looks sharper and he, he's far more clinical than what he has been. It's not been a huge volume of chances that he's particularly getting every game. But well, for so much of the season... I'll put, I'll put this while you're, while you're talking about Everton. I've, I've put some stats up. These are last four matches, by the way, and they show exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Sigurdsson and Richarlison. Richarlison is the guy. Yeah, he's um, for most of the season, he's had really tame shots, just kind of like almost passes to the keeper. Whereas um, the, the last few games, he just seems to have um, just basically be more clinical. So you, you would hope against Burnley, we'll be able to create more chances than what we have done against, say, Chelsea, where we were completely owned for the whole 90 minutes, really. Um, and I'm not sure what the latest is with Hammers coming back, which would obviously boost his chances and DCL's chances of, um, well, just getting chances, basically, because he, he's our main creative force there. Sigurdsson has some levels of creativity, but it's mainly from set pieces um, rather than particularly too many passes, the types that Hamez can put through. Um, and I think the, the, the other side of things from the Chelsea aspect, where they're obviously looking very strong at the moment, sort of gradually, I think, got stronger on the two shell um, and looking a bit more, lesser work in progress and more the real deal kind of thing where you, you would kind of fancy them to wrap up fourth quite easily now and potentially even end up overtaking Leicester. Um, I, I think they're on a, a really good charge. It's hard to avoid that their defence is brilliant at the moment. Um, I'd gone for Alonso on the wild card He'd had a few starts. Um, so I, I thought he was the favoured one, whereas on the right it seemed James or Hudson Adoy, there was a bit of both of them. It looked like Alonso had nailed down the left. Um, and then he missed both the games in the double game week for me. So that was a, a little bit annoying. Um, and then I bench him when he does actually come back and get the clean sheet. So it, it's kind of just how it goes sometimes, I guess. But I, I, th I think looking at it now, he is a little too risky. Um, unless you've got a strong first sub defender, um, you might catch Alonso's hauls that may come, but you've at least got someone strong off the bench. But I think really you've got to be looking at Rudiger after his rest, assuming that's just a rest. Um, it is there and looking good for a clean sheet and um, a, a few more clean sheets for the rest of the season. Um if you were just looking for one week, then I think Alonso is a bit of a punt and James is a bit of a punt. As Equator, a safer but more expensive bet than Rudiger. And um, I think forward-wise, Mason Mount's the standout. Mm. Um, on form, on the pitch, looking great and some good form with regards to converting that into fantasy points. And I think... Um, 
even in the next game, there's a chance that Jorginho may get benched and he brings Kante back for Leeds. A bit more legs in there. So he might go Kante and Kovacic. So that would put Mount on pens, albeit it's a maybe Jorginho doesn't play and it's a maybe they get a pen. It's just a little something else in Mount's favour, along with the obvious open style that Leeds pay play and the um how they like sort of giving you the ball in their own half it just sort of it's it's hard to see mount doesn't capitalize on that and there's also the corners that leads really struggle to deal with and mount's taking the corners so it seems like mount's got a, a number of ways to attack there and so I'll, him compared to the other chelsea attackers mm. I, I think Werner just just is kind of not this season so, yeah. Sort of thing. If, if it was too punty for the price to get Werner in, albeit Leeds are probably a good team for him to play, mm-hmm. but um, he will probably get some chances and probably miss them well, the way his season's going. I've got some stats from what you've just said as well about the Chelsea as well. So Vishnav asks, who are the best Chelsea assets to consider? You know, Werner, Mount, Rudiger look particularly good. Uh, Vishnu saying so here's the Chelsea stats and they show exactly what you're saying about why Mount is such a good option this week and um, I do urge people to have a look at the captaincy video that myself and David did um, earlier today uh, in which I was saying that but arguably Mount could be the best captaincy shout this week especially if he's on penalties um, because it's certainly certainly the most favourable fixture I mean looking at looking at the fixtures um, yeah Leeds that's great <laughs> that's just a great for, for attacking assets so what they show this is for the last uh, the last four um, uh, matches for Chelsea um, the Werner is still you know conf- confounding his expected goal involvement he's expected to have been involved in just under three goals so he's actually only scored one goal created five chances had ten shots in the box so he's accurate and six six on target so he's close range and accurate um, but it's Mount that intrigues me because while it's, it's quite, it's not, you know, it's not interesting in terms of, you know, how it's as um, from 30 yards every 10 minutes like Coutinho or something like that. But he could be, he's got lots of variety of ways to get to points, hasn't he? He's got 13 chances created. That's the most out of any Chelsea asset expected to be involved in two goals. So six shots inside the box, half of them on target and then 20 corners. And then you look at, um, leads. So I've got another table here about which I've just called set play idiots, <laughs> which is a bit unkind. But this is uh, the last four matches, and I've I've filtered it by attempts from set plays conceded. Um, the joint second worst, along with Crystal Palace, and only only Wolves are worse. Is uh, Leeds? They've, con- they've attempted the attempts from set plays. They've conceded nineteen, and then you go back to the Chelsea stats again. And you've got Mount is just taking all of those set pieces. He's got the corners. Could be on penalties if, if um, um, Jorginho is not on the pitch. So, yeah. Um, but we'll come to captaincy and transfer plans later. Um, but, yeah, Ben, you're, you're right what you say about Mount. Definitely. I think he's... It would be interesting if uh, he plays Zuma as well because he's been the most threatening off mm. corners this season. And Dawson... Could have had a brace well, against think, Leeds last game, so you, you'd think Zuma has, has kind of got a goal in him. My assumption is he played Zuma instead of Rudiger to somehow counter the aerial threat of Calvert Lewin. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to second guess a top class Premier League manager, and I'm just a bloke. <laughs> um, but um, so 
We may be. David, David, what do you reckon? Um, game at 28. I mean, ben, ben, Ben's been focusing on Everton and Chelsea. Um, I mean, is he, is he right to? I mean, they, they're not playing in 29, so are we unfairly ignoring them? I mean, it kind of depends on chip strategy, I suppose. Like, Ben, uh, if we're hitting in 29, obviously can can really focus, has the license to, to look at these guys, and, and that, that's great. You know, that, that's really helpful because I, I agree. I think they're going to have a good game week, and I, I feel that my strategy... Mm. You, you mentioned before, Joe, about sometimes there's a couple of game weeks where you have to take your medicine. Yeah. And I think this game week is going to be that for me because I'm building towards 29. So I'm going to have to buy players um, that, um, that I think can do well in 29 as well as 28. And unfortunately, that just doesn't include Chelsea and, and Everton. Um, Chelsea are on my wildcard radar, though. So it's going to be very, very soon that I'm going to be um, investing in Chelsea assets from 30 onwards um, because, you know, their fixtures are nice as well. Uh, moving forward into the rest of the season because game week 30 they host West Brom uh, then they're away at Palace uh, then they host Brighton away at West Ham home to Fulham away at Man City home to Arsenal home to Leicester away to Villa so they're definitely in that home run they're definitely more used to having them in the first half of that but some, but there's you know four or five fixtures in the first part of that block really really nice so if you're getting on them now um, when interest in them is probably not as high as, as you said, it's not as high as it should be. You know, you're going to get them at probably a amount, especially, you know, you're probably going to get a discount price compared to what you'll probably have to pay for him for game week 30. You know, I might be having to pay 7.2, 7.3 million by that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you can afford to do it based on what your chip strategy is, then absolutely now's the time to do it. Cause sometimes if you know someone's got a good set of fixtures coming up, but actually arguably the best one is the first one. Sometimes you can really miss the boat by, um, you know, the the seventeen point haul that that you know Mount's been promising could come in the Leeds game, and then it's just five, five, sixes, sevens, and and fours in a couple of the others. Then really, you haven't invested in the fixtures as best you can. So there's a massive opportunity here, you, and I I probably will regret not going in for it. The taste of my medicine will probably have significantly yeah. less uh, sugar in it, as Mary Poppins would like. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, game week twenty six was my one because I um. I uh, didn't have any chips, um, so that was that was when I took my medicine. I'm going to take a tiny bit of medicine this week. Um, so yeah, Ben, are there any other any other players in 28? Because you're free hitting 29, so you can do what you like, I guess. <laughs> so any anything else apart from Chelsea? Um, some, looking at the fixtures. In in terms of just from just from those two, not particularly any that would interest me. I mean, it it does largely. I mean, it, well, almost completely depend on whether you've got the free hit or not on in game week 29, whether you're looking at Chelsea or, or Everton or not. Um, if I didn't have my free hit, I would be looking to see how many players have actually got able to play in 29 and either be saving a transfer so that I'm taking a kind of maybe minus four to fill out some starters or um, just bringing in a, another Spurs player or something or, yeah. or someone, but someone who definitely plays then. So it, it is a bit of a luxury um, to just be fr- from when a wild carded to completely ignore game week 29 mm. has been a bit of a luxury for the last few yeah. weeks to just forget about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was, um, despite the damp squib of the previous popular free hit time, which was game week 18 or so, um, I my team was so bad and so badly set up for game that game week that I got about 25 points more than my other team. So so for me, I've, I've done okay from that free hit. Um, but that was from my own... I've done okay from my point of view. Um, you know, I didn't get 100 points that week. 
so you know in relative terms it, it was it was poor but for me it was it was worth a worthwhile chip to play and i do like that chip i don't like triple captain i don't like bench boost but i do do like free here and as and as you described there ben it's, it's just this is absolutely great for you because you can you're you can set up for 28 as, as you like you've got 29 you can just take your pick and you can take a real risk with you know multiple brighton defenders and then back into tw back into 30 and off you go again um, yeah, well, I, I was quite lucky with the first one in a way because my plan leading up to that 18 was to free hit and it was only when either one or two fixtures got rescheduled and put into 18 I'm not sure if it was Man City yeah. and Man U both got the fixtures put yeah. in and then that boosted me up to like nine players playing yeah. or something and so it was only a little bit of a couple of transfers mm. and I had 11 so otherwise I would have been quite low right. and forced to play the free hit so I was, I was quite lucky in the end about that yeah. change to then I can save it for this time which works out perfect for me I think it was a reverse for me <laughs> made my, my week even worse so yeah a free hit there um, let's move on to have a look at the next four fixtures um, so let's get this uh, get this picture up here there we go so we're looking at the season ticker um, so this is 28, 29, 30, 31. So we can see the blanks there in 29. And this shows that Newcastle at the top. Um, so I speculated last week, I think, Dubravka, and I've mentioned him again this week, and I don't think he's a bad shout at all. Um, and the, the end really is nigh when it, Newcastle top of yeah. the season ticker. Well, the end is Dubravka's nigh, yeah. So there's better, <laughs> there's better options. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, they've got Villa, Brighton, Tottenham and Burnley. It's only one really tricky fixture there. Um, Villa still trucking along. They their fixtures turn in thirty one. Be warned. This is when I'm. This is why I'm starting. Think of wild carding in thirty one because there's a really big fixture turn for the likes of Villa, Leeds as well. So Leeds, good fixtures. Okay, they got Chelsea next, but then they got Fulham, Sheffield United. Then it turns thirty one. They got City, Tottenham as well. Tottenham have got a mixed bag from thirty one onwards. But once again, it could be a time to offload some of them because they play Manchester United. Um, and then Villa against Liverpool in game week 31 there. But then further down, Leicester have had a good run, but it's I, I think Leicester time's sort of gone. And then if it, it's going to reappear again post-31, because game week 28, they got Sheffield United, whoop de do, then nothing, and then City, and then West Ham. So that's really... So it's, I think with Leicester, it's sort of time to invest after 31, but, but perhaps not before um, and then looking at the other fixtures there, um, so Chelsea, Leeds, West Brom, Crystal Palace. I mean, they're only they're only sort of mid table there because they blank in twenty nine, but they've got great fixtures um, going there. And um, further down, Wolves. This shows the start of their fixture turn. So they have got Liverpool, then a blank, then West Ham, then game week thirty one. They got Fulham, and then it starts getting much better again. So when from next week, when we'll start to you know move forward through the fixtures. We're going to start to see some changes there. So these are the well, I've got my idea of a wild card, and I guess what Ben's got his idea on for for transfers because he's used this wild card. Um, but there's um, yeah, interesting fixtures ahead with the blank, but also that big fixture swing towards the end of it as well. So I know Ben or David, you you look at those four fixtures and it give you any ideas at all about players or teams. Yeah, I think I'm more interested in the turns. I think than than the next four weeks. I think. Um, yeah. Wolves are one that I'm looking at. Um, I've obviously already mentioned Chelsea, but Wolves have been on, on the back of my mind for a little while. Um, that run where they face Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom and Brighton. I mean, that's just, that's like Sai's si season is going to mm. come back possibly. Yeah. But 
interestingly enough, I think Cody yes. is maybe the one I might go for he's, because he's out of he's, nowhere. He's booked in he's, on my wildcard. I know. He's, he's booked all, in. all of a sudden. He's yeah, yeah, same. He's he's very much on my wildcard radar. He's all of a sudden just um, decided to actually become a modern day centre half. He's been told rather than he's been told to attack at set pieces. Yeah, um, it's it's great. And and the thing is, they've got great delivery too because they've got Moutinho, mm. who obviously is is good delivery. And um, yeah, in the last uh, four matches, had three shots in the box, two big chances, two on target. But I'm pretty sure that though, all of those have actually come in the last two. Um, and yeah, 66% accuracy, 33% goal conversion. Oh, I, I mean, when we're getting excited about Cody, yeah. you really know that the times have changed. So yeah, Cody is one I'm really thinking about for that Wolves fixture. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And um, Ben, what about you? Because um... Because you're looking at transfers now, because you don't have to worry about 29 because of the free hit. Yeah, well, I always need to make a transfer this week because I'll obviously lose it. So to kind of, um, there's, there's no point in kind of carrying over. So I'm a little unsure of what to do at the moment because I'm quite happy with my team mm. for 28. Um, looking further ahead, I have quite a few players that I I'm, I'm quite happy with my team over the sort of medium term. So there's no single player really that I'm like, oh, I, I need to kind of tailor mm. everything to try and get in this player. Um, and I've, I'm kind of hoping the faith in Pereira as one, one this week mm. with Sheffield United, but also when Leicester's uh, fixtures do get better in a few weeks' time as well. Yeah. I'm hoping that he can actually repay the faith as what looked like a, a really good pick and has just been an absolute disaster pick so far. Um, so at, at the moment, it's... I'm just more feeling it out rather than particularly got targets too strongly that I'm looking at. Um, again, the the free hit in 29 has just limited me to my visions kind of mm. up to there and yeah. then see what happens a little bit after. Well, let's have a look at some differentials. Um, well, one in particular, so it's Ben's turn to pick one. So uh, Cancelo, Gundogan, Antonio and Lee picked Bale um, uh, last week. So obviously... <laughs> That bail was under 5%, so why not? Um, uh, they've been a, a recent differential pick successes. So, Ben, who is the best low-owned 5% under gem for the next four matches? Well, it felt a little bit difficult to go for one because given that it is the next four matches, I feel I have to pick someone who does play in 29, which limits the field quite a lot. Um, and then I was looking through at lowly-owned players and decided that I'd go for a bit of an old favourite in Matt Doherty um, who's played the last two albeit partly because REA might have been injured but Tottenham Vols have won those games Um, he got an assist last game and maybe just maybe as like with Bale he's someone who finally has got on board with Mourinho whatever he wants out of him Um, there's a couple of Good, good chances for clean sheets in the Villa and surely a banker, Newcastle. And then even in any of the games, if he can get his kind of best Wolves form back, he's always good for an attack in return against sort of anyone. And even the Man U game, I mean, they in the big games yeah. haven't been scoring particularly anyway. So it, it, it can be a bit of, you, you can look at that either way. Um, so yeah, I decided to go for a defender um, and go for an old favourite. That, that has surprised me because um, um, I know Reggion is more than five percent. But when I see him in the Spurs team at the moment, I think, oh, could be some goals here because he's kind of netting it together. But as you say, Doherty is signed to show signs. In fact, Spurs have talked about their swagger. 
and that swagger's transferring, you know, across the team. So it's not actually that unusual, and he's certainly a differential. He's not going to be popular, especially amongst the FPL Twitterati. Um, they'll turn their nose up at Doherty, um, and then they'll be taking their medicine when they when they see the docks hall there. So yeah, I, I think he's I think he's a good call. David, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, great show. I'm a big fan of the the Wolves team from from that season. I've still got the him and his shirt hanging up. So mm. um, a nostalgia pick, but one that, that makes sense too. Indeed. Let's have a look at our transfer and captaincy plan. So I'll go first because I don't know. I, uh, I'm probably going to do nothing again. I said it last week and I ended up doing a really boring move of uh, getting concert in. So I've currently got Edison, Dallas, Concert, Stones, Rufina, Fernandez, tentatively my bus captain, Salah, Gundogan and Son, then Kane, who could be my captain. So it's between Fernandez and Kane currently to be my captain and Calvert-Lewin. Of them, I'm not confident about any of my Leeds players and I am not confident about Calvert-Lewin. I'm actually ben- benching Bamford um, and benching Kufau. Um, it's, it's, it's the old Dallas Kufau thing. Um, I just fancy Man- Manchester United to get something there and Dallas can always get a goal so I'm hedging my bets a bit there but Chelsea's defence is so good I'm just not happy about that what I really want to do and I can't do it because I've only got 0.1 in the bank is upgrade Mitchell to someone like Veltman or just cheap defender um, you know even, I'll take a Newcastle defender any, any, any will do and just use that to replace Dallas. So I'm happy with Concer. I'm happy with Stones if he plays. Edison, obviously. Fernandez, Gundogan, Son. I've skipped over Salah. Um, the probably the smart play for me to do, which is a bit ballsy, is to take Salah out, replace him with Bale, and that gives me enough money to upgrade Mitchell to either Craig Dawson, who could get a goal against Manchester United, who I'll probably want perhaps long term, or Cresswell. Um, once again attacking threat for West Ham so I've, I would spend a point that I would be spending in game week 29 anyway but doing it to get better players the risk there is going without Salah but um, yeah I don't know I don't know what either of you two think but that's that's. I, I don't feel confident it's not like I'm taking my medicine this way I just, it's just not a week I feel that confident with. Um, but yeah I don't know what I'm going to do there Um Perhaps, yeah, that'll be like late Friday. No, not Friday, because it's Friday deadline this week, isn't it? So Friday lunchtime, I'll probably make a decision. Um, let's have a your team, Ben, because it's much better. <laughs> it's really good. You've got Martinez, Cancelo, Pereira, Luca Dean, Alonso. I mean, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, you can afford to bench your leads, guys. And you've got Gundogan, Fernandez, De Bruyne, Mason Mount, captain, who we spoke about, Calvert-Lewin, Kane. And then on your bench you got you can you can bench Rafina uh, Madger from Fulham and Streak uh, who's a bit out of favour I think with Leeds at the moment but yeah that's really good I mean I see what you mean about like burning a transfer I mean I you almost don't really want to do anything there and I think Mason Madger yeah. is a good captaincy call yeah the the only one before last night I was thinking Alonso to Rudiger um, yeah. but now. I just think the space that Leeds could potentially give Alonso, if he does start, I think he's a great pick. Yeah. But I am just going to be kind of sweating on it until the team news. So at the moment, I'm 
kind of reluctant to do anything. It's a bit the same with Cancelo. Mm. Although my defence looks quite strong on paper, Cancelo and Alonso could both not play. And then Stroik probably isn't going to play. And so I end up with only two defenders playing. It's sort of, it, it's close to disaster, but it's also mm. close to yeah. a few holes in the, in the defence. Um, so I'm kind of waiting on team news. Um, otherwise, I would quite like to just keep that. I've also not got, um, I've only got point one in the bank. Yeah. So it's not like I can even really do anything with the bench players in anticipation of game week 30. Can so you I'm, do, I'm a little bit stuck. I don't think you can do Calvert-Lewin to Richarlison. I think you're point one. No, out. I think he's a, he's, he's a few. Yeah. 0.2 or um, 0.3 more. And I've, I got Calvert-Lewin at 7-6 or something. I don't think he's got all. Yeah, I mean... Much. I think if Anthony went down. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, as, uh, David, when you look at um, Ben's squad um, team there, that's, that, that's a case where it might actually be better just to do nothing, like to, to just burn that transfer, just let it fade away. Um, well, I, I hate doing that, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and I remember a time when, uh, what was it? I ended up coining some weird trend where people assumed I was a massive fan of transferring my goalkeepers around. But sometimes this is when I transfer. This is when I saw my goalies Ooh, out. Um, yeah. It was what was it? It was like game week ten, like two years ago, where I, I could, had no idea what to do. So I basically just changed my substitute goalkeeper to Fabianski, knowing that in maybe three weeks' time I was going to need him. Uh, and I basically just used the transfer to look at something that would be maybe more beneficial further down the line, so it wasn't burned. Um, McGill obviously um, is is a cheap one. Um, I don't know. It's hard to really turn him into something. Ooh, James so Stevenson. I could go Forster. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say true. James Stevenson in the live chat has just said that McGill to Forster. That yeah, I think that's it. That would be the play. Because really, um, people usually say changing your substitute goalkeeper is a luxury transfer. Mm. Well, you're in a luxurious position when you have yeah. a second free transfer. That you don't know what to do with it. So that's probably be where I'd spend it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think if there's no team news that suggests. Like, I mean, it's, it's almost if Guardiola comes out and says Cancelo's great, then that, yeah. that's the move is to get Cancelo out. Yeah. Um, Kiss of death, Or, or if, he, if, he, if uh, Tuchel gives any indication that Chilwell's going to come back in, I, I don't know if he's particularly going to give that away. But yeah, maybe that's just a sensible one, just get Forster in. Yeah. And um, at worst, I don't ever play him, but he might just come in for that one game, depending on how his fixtures go with Martinez. And if he gets a clean sheet, then it's good use of point one. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we'll have luxury positions. So, yeah, good luck with that that move. Um, do what you like, really. And, yeah, McGill to Forster. It's not boring, but probably is a sensible way. Because if you haven't got a wild card, Southampton have got exactly. great fixtures. So, exactly. you know, and if he has nailed that spot, then you've got, you know, an ideal, a highly sought-after goalkeeper, 4.0 starting goalkeeper. Perfect. Um, David, let's move on. go up by the weekend. Yeah, so if it didn't yeah. go up. <laughs> Um, David, moving on to your side. So, sim- sort of sim- different players, but similar position to me, as in you're not not wholly confident about this week. I don't like it. Yeah, you can't. I hate it. <laughs> Ariola, who's obviously got City, nice and easy fixture. Cancelo, um, Target, woohoo, finally, Target's in the squad. Uh, <laughs> Shaw, Sterling, Fernandez, Gundogan, Salah, Bamford, Calvert Lewin, Watkins. And Watkins, your captain, uh, with Mag- Maguire. Dallas. That's how desperate it is. Pope. Yeah, so are you going to make any changes and are you going to keep that captaincy on Watkins? Oh, I don't think so. No. The, the reason that it's on it's on him is because I'm probably going to be captain whoever I bring in. Um, as you say, it's nice to finally have a target in the team. I'm sure he will get sent off now. Mm. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the main changes are going to have to be either in midfield or up front. 
Um, it's really hard for me to get to Kane this week, but I can probably get to him the week after. Um, so I'm very much looking at Bale because I just I have to get a Spurs player, yeah. a Spurs attacker. I think there's every chance that Bale can match his points. And if I bring in Bale, then I'll captain him. Um, the, the the reason the bus captain's on Watkins is just... I mean, surely, like, come on, at some point he's going to finally haul and Newcastle feels like a decent time. I just didn't want to captain Fernandez because I don't really want to captain Fernandez. Um, you know, the real, the, re- the whole point so of the bus team is if anything happens. Who makes way for Bale? Yeah, so then the transfers then. Um, the thing is, we've been talking about Salah out, right? And I feel in a rather luxurious position myself because I actually have two sacrificial lambs here. I've got Salah and mm. Sterling. Yeah. Um, and got to be honest, they're kind of in the same boat. They've both got decent enough stats, decent enough fixtures in game with yeah. 28, but they haven't really earned my trust at all. So in a way, um, what I do is probably dependent on what happens with City Wednesday night various number of different scenarios that can happen so if sterling does play then i feel a little bit more confident selling him for 28 because then you feel more it feels more likely that he um that, that he might be benched um then if sterling doesn't play then it makes me think well maybe he will play against fulham but at the same time fulham's defense has got so good recently mm-hmm. that i can see fulham frustrating man city in this game it's why i'm starting Ariola over pope right now because pope seems to have dropped off a cliff you know, his XG prevented last four is is, is a yeah. negative figure, which for him is very strange. You know, he's um, mi- minus 1.50 uh, uh, XG prevented in the last four matches. And he was previously the best for that stat in the whole league. He's dropped from first to third in just two weeks because he, he seems to have forgotten how to save things. Um, so so Ariola, I think, is a good... Uh, that's why I'm going to start him. But I also, I'm, I think that City can be frustrated. So it's between Salah and Sterling to get bail, but I could get rid of Salah and Sterling and get Aubameyang and Bale because I've got two yeah. free transfers. I'll, I'll um, <laughs> in terms of, yeah. In well, terms definitely of do looking, Sterling out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In terms of 29, I think I can do... So if I do Salah and Sterling to Aubameyang and Bale um, for both free transfers, no hits, then for 29, I can take a minus four and I can move on either one of Cancelo or Maguire and turn Calvert-Lewin into Kane. Now, it sounds silly that I don't want to sell Calvert-Lewin to get Kane yet because obviously Kane is the flavour of the month. I say that in the context of I'm quite happy to get Bale and I think I can get Bale. The thing with Calvert-Lewin is I think I always I never like to sell a player if I think the fixture is good for him. That's my general yeah. strategy. And actually the fixture of a Calvert-Lewin is is nice based on the fact that, yeah, as I said, Burnley's defensive um, statistics really have not been good. Not only has Pope seemingly forgotten how to be Nick Pope, uh, in the last four matches, Burnley are the third worst for XGC. Um, and then obviously, they're usually kind of mid-table for them to then drop right down to the bottom of the table. But their goalkeeper to forget how to do his job, then I think this could be a game where Everton do get a lot of attacking returns. Um, so then, so then, to be honest, what will happen now is Richarlison will get a hat-trick and Calvert-Lewin will get one assist. Yeah. But when you've got that guy who's got that fixture, it's very hard to sell him, especially when you look at Salah and Sterling and think, I need to get rid of you first. So it's probably going to be Bale in this week, Kane in next week for me. Would you be captain and Bale then as well? Because you yes. said that you were going to captain. Remember? Yes, I think I would. I would rather captain Bale against Arsenal than a Bamiang against Spurs. Mm. And then, as I said, uh, to be honest, of all the players I have right now, Watkins, I think is the one I would prefer, which 
like I said, the reason I put the captaincy on Watkins really is just to remind myself, you flip and need to make some transfers if you think Watkins is your best captain, so you better get on with it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so similar position to me. Um, and obviously ben, Ben's got the luxury move there. So um, I just want to remind people before we go about the members area. So we've got a lot of those stats there, The um, particularly the uh, goals prevented stats that David was mentioning around Pope. Um, they gleaned from the members area. But lots of lots of gadgets there, uh, lots of Opta-powered stats tables as well. We've had lots of stats tables this week. Um, but in the meantime, it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye all.